I say instant and season. How many of you know things can change rapidly? And uh, we just have to be ready for what God wants to do. But how many of you know the Spirit of the Lord comes and he ministers? How many of you know that in the worship tonight, God changed you? He changes us from glory to glory just when we get in his presence. And, and I believe that uh, we've been called into the earth for such a time as this. The message that we're sharing tonight is part two of The Voice. Now, this isn't going to be like The Voice that's on television that they do every uh, week. I'm not sure what night it's on. I think it may be on a Monday nights. I don't know. Tuesday? Yeah, whenever. It's a, it, there's a lot of good singers on there, but we're not going to do that kind of voice tonight. Amen? And uh, we're going to talk about the voice of God that we hear uh, in John 10:27 in the Amplified. If you want to put that up, Jessica, John 10:27 in the Amplified, it talks about the fact that we will hear the good shepherd's voice. And the good shepherd is Jesus. And a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, who do you think you are that you think you hear from God? And my answer is, why don't you? Because the word of God, everybody say the word of God, says that as God's people, we should hear his voice. It's something that should be heard on a daily basis. He's God's uh, office hours are 24-7. They're not just 8 to 5 or on Mondays through Thursdays or Fridays, but all the time. And it, and I love the scripture. Kelly gave it on Sunday, Pastor Kelly in our youth area. She came over and she shared our offering on Sunday. She said, my help comes from the Lord. Everybody say, my help comes from the Lord. And that comes all the time by the voice of God that God has deposited on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And I can't teach tonight everything that we shared last week, but I do want to give you this scripture. The sheep that are my own hear, everybody say hear, and are listening to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Isn't that a good word? You know, the Bible says that Jesus told everybody, take up your cross and follow me. Well, when we hear the voice of God, it's very easy to follow him because he speaks constantly to us what we need to be doing. It's are we listening, I think, even more than hearing. Uh, As I've uh, progressed in these 30-some years of ministry, I think a lot of people hear from God because I ask them, even what do you think about this? And they'll tell me something, and it sounds like what God would be speaking to them. But are you doing it? Well, no. Well, then they're not listening. Everybody say listening. Because people who are listening to the voice of God obey the voice of God. And I'm going to show you that tonight in the scriptures because in the day we're living in, we can know a lot of scripture. We can quote a lot of scripture, but the real proof is in the pudding, so to speak. And that is when our life is an expression. Uh, Paul said it, I think it's in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, when he said that, that his, the people he had trained, they were living epistles. In other words, their life so reflected Jesus, so reflected the things that he had said, that anybody who saw them, anybody who saw the way they lived their life would know that Jesus is who he says he is because they would be a reflection of him. So tonight I want to give you another scripture. It's in Revelations 3.20. And Jesus said, if anyone hears and listens, when I knock on the door, they hear and listen and hear my voice and they open the door, everybody say, open the door, then I will come into them. I will actually come in and begin to inhabit them. Like the Bible says, he inhabits us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, in review, that's what we talked about last week. We talked about the importance of hearing the voice 
because of the day we're living in. In Matthew 24, and if you'd put up that scripture, I want to just give you this because I think it's important. 24, 1, it says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. I want you to put up verse 11, if you would. Uh, 11, I think it's 11. I think I had that wrong last week, and I didn't get it corrected. For false Christ, let's look at 24. For false Christ and false prophets, everybody say false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. You know, in my lifetime, which I've been around a little while, um, I've heard a lot of speakers. I've heard speakers, uh, Christian people speaking on Christian television. I've heard and read books of different ones that have shared scriptures and their interpretation. Everybody say interpretation. Sometimes it bears witness with my spirit. Sometimes it does not bear witness with my spirit. Doesn't agree with what I feel like the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit has shown me as truth. Sometimes I've had to just put it on the shelf and I've gotten revelation later that that was really truth. Other times... I have revelation that it was not the truth. The revelation of whether that was truth or not, oftentimes because it was scripture, has come from the Holy Spirit. In other words, the enemy can take the word of God and twist it. He can make it suitable, everybody say suitable, to what it is that people often want, but is not what God is doing for them at that time. And in that process, they get off the path that God has for them because they're not really listening for his voice along with the revelation of the word of God. There's the logos and there's the rhema of the word of God. The logos is the written word of God. That's this Bible that we all read. Whatever translation you're reading, that is the word of God written. Then there's the rhema word, which comes from the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. And in this message, we are calling it the voice. Everybody say the voice and uh, we talked about how the voice that is behind the voice that we hear is the voice of God and Jesus is the one he was the voice in the earth when he was here that shared what God was saying because it says that in John chapter 8 that he only would speak what he heard his father speak and so he became in the earth the voice of of the voice that was behind him, which was God, okay? So there's God and there's Jesus. Then in John chapter 16, which we're going to look at tonight, we talk about how the Holy Spirit is now the voice behind our voice. The voice behind his voice is the voice that was in the earth, which was Jesus, and the voice of God, okay? So the ultimate voice, everybody say the ultimate voice is God's voice. But it's filtered to us through different ways. Jesus, when he walked the earth, that's why he became a man. So he could be an example to all of us of what to do in the earth. And it was to obey the voice of God, not what we feel. Now, there's another voice. Everybody say another voice. There are actually many other voices. We called them the strange rangers last week. The strange rangers voice that we hear. And oftentimes the strange ranger's voice is the voice of deception, but it sounds good. See, deception takes place when you believe a lie. So it had to sound good for you to believe it. You wouldn't have believed it if it was so far out there that it it couldn't even be uh, something that you would believe. But when the devil speaks, he lies. 
it says that he is the father of lies. Everybody say father. father. He is the father of lies. That's in John 8, 44, if you want to write that down. In the Amplified, it says that Jesus spoke to him. and he Well, he was actually speaking to those who believed they were, uh, they were really God's people, the Jews at that time. They, weren't, they didn't believe in him, but they believed in God. And he said, you are of your father, the devil. What was he saying? You're believing the lies of the enemy. Why did he call him the father? Because in the garden of Eden, he did, he took rulership. Everybody say rulership over the earth. And he became a substitute of the father, but his voice, everybody say his voice is a lying voice is a lying voice. And this is what Jesus said. You, you're of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires, which are characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Everybody say, that's who the devil is. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him. Why did, what does it say natural? Because that's what he is. He's a liar. He is a liar himself and the father of lies and of all that is false. But we know in the earth today, because of what we see, that there are many people who have believed that voice. They have believed the lie. Uh, next week and the following week, I'm going to share more in the word of God on the lies that are the voices of lies that are in the earth today that from the word of God, we identify as lies. Everybody say the devil is the liar. He is the thief. He steals, kills, and then he destroys. I don't know what more you can do beyond killing, except I believe the destruction is hell. He steals, he kills, and then your eternity is in hell. That's destruction. That's where you live forever. So we don't want to listen to that voice. Turn your neighbor and say, I don't want to listen to that voice. It says in uh, the book of John chapter 10 that the voice of a stranger, that we will not know it. You know, like if we don't know it, we won't follow it. Because Jesus said, they will know my voice and they will follow me. So we're not followers of strange rangers. Uh, the devil's an accuser of the brethren. He loves to accuse us, but at the same time he accuses us. He's already the one that led us into the mess that he's now accusing us of. How many of you know that's true? You do something, you know, you're guilty. And then the devil shows up and tells you really how guilty you are. And he's the one that brought the temptation in the beginning. Uh, Colossians two fifteen says the devil is defeated. So what's our problem? Have you ever had somebody say to you, so what's your problem? God has taken control of the earth again through what Jesus did on Calvary, and he has put us in charge. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's news to me. <laughs> it's the truth. Everybody say, it's the truth. If you belong to Jesus, you are in this earth to enforce. Everybody say, enforce. Satan's defeat. So you have to listen to the right voice because the Lord knows how to stop the works of the enemy in your life, in the lives of those you love, other people. But we have to be listening. Now, the voice within you, that's where I want to start tonight. And um, the only voice Jesus obeyed, it says in John 8, 26 through 28, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I only speak what my father speaks and I only do what I see my father do. That's very important because when Jesus came, he came to show us 
that when he would speak to us through the Holy Spirit, that's the voice that we hear, and he would speak to us, we would hear what the Father would say to us. And when we would hear what the Father says to us, then we would only do, everybody say only do, do what we have seen Jesus do. Are you getting this? Because you've never seen the father do something. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, but he, we can't see God, but Jesus was a man. Jesus and his acts are reported all through the gospels. And in the book of acts, we see the acts of the Holy spirit, which the Holy spirit's acts are performed through people. Turn your name and say, that's you boo boo. It's amazing, but it's true. I know you're looking at it. I'm thinking, seriously, seriously, that's the truth. Now, yesterday we had voting go on in this nation, didn't we? And people's voices were heard. They were heard when they went in the booth and they pushed a button. They didn't vocally. We didn't all go somewhere and at the same time talk a vote, but we voiced, everybody say voiced, what we believe to be truth when we push that button. And there have been some changes made. Now, our president, we need to all pray for our president. We're supposed to pray for those in authority. This is a platform, folks. There are many platforms out there, and there's many voices speaking in those platforms. But there's only one voice who knows. And that's God's voice that was delivered into the earth when Jesus walked on the earth has been given to us, delivered to us through the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And we are now the voice. Are you getting excited? Now I'm still revved up from worship. So hallelujah. Once I get on a roll, I'm on it. God is awesome. His word is truth. And there is an authority in the earth, and it is the church. It is not the government. I am just telling you, this has gone on way too long. It's okay. The church, even the church wants to blame the government. It's not the government's problem. It's an evil problem, and God is good, and good overcomes evil. And so it is a spiritual problem, not a natural problem. And so it's going to be taken care of in the spirit before it's ever manifested in the natural. And so we, as the body of Christ, our voice has to begin to be heard. I believe prayer is the first and there's nothing harder than get people to do in the church than to come to a prayer meeting. You know, it's just really difficult because at the moment you can't see anything, but if you believe, if we believe then we know that when we're praying, we are changing everything for eternity. Amen. Amen? And, and it may not look that way. You know, I have to tell you, on Tuesdays when I pray with Chris and Sue, you know, we drag ourselves in here. We, do, we don't look pretty. We look like we just rolled out of the bed. And then when it's raining, there's a hole in the eaves trough out back. So we look like drowned rats before we get in. I mean, when we finally get the door unlocked at six and get in here, we look like we've been, you know, in the shower, you know, but we, you know, dressed. And so, you know, when we come, we're not stirred up. Everybody say stirred up. 
I mean, we're a little angry at those water faucets out the back there, but we're not stirred up in the spirit. So what do we do? We put on the worship music and then we start worshiping the Lord and then we start praying in the Holy Ghost and then we start going around this room, just praying in the Holy Spirit till we have stirred up, stirred up what God put on the inside of us. And then once we're stirred up, we begin to pray what we're stirred up about that we didn't even know about when we got here. Sometimes we know. Sometimes we are stirred up because we've heard the news. And so we know what, you know, we see and we hear. But one day standing here, the Lord said to me, don't, don't go by what you hear in the newspaper or on the television because the devil's got a big smoke screen going on out there. And it's really all this stuff going on behind. And I know what's behind the closed doors. So listen for the spirit of God. Stir yourself up and pray what I tell you to pray. That's scriptural. Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit helps us pray when we don't know how to pray. And so if, when we get in that, when, once we get in that, we, we always go over our hour because we have to look to see what time it is to stop. Why? Because we, we get into where the Spirit of God is really stirring us up. And so it just becomes, it, it, the time just flies by. That's the fastest hour there ever was. Now, I have to tell you, some, some mornings, I go home, get back in bed, turn the light off, and sleep another hour. <laughs> but I sleep really good that hour. Why? Because I've been in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is taking care of everything, nothing to be concerned about. Might as well go to sleep. And rest. Everybody's saying rest. So when you know what the voice of God is saying, there is a rest. Everybody say there's a rest. God causes a rest to come. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, if you'd put that scripture up, 19 and 20. Now, next week, I'm going to be talking to you about some things that um, might stir you up. Uh, but, and, and I'm going to talk about the scriptures just before this in 1, John, 1 Corinthians 6. Where it says that, you know, when you unite your Holy Spirit temple in a sexual situation, you open your door of your body to horrible things. So it's going to get pretty explicit in here. But I have found out that it's explicit in seventh grade. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't think you're there. And so it's not going to be a sex education class, but I'm telling you. The root of a lot of things that are happening in the earth today have to do with that very thing. And people missed it. And I am going to be very bold and speak what I've heard. So, hallelujah. I'm just laying some groundwork here, okay? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You know, God doesn't, God loves people, but he hates sin and he hates wickedness. And there is wickedness today in very high places. In the heavenlies, there's a heavenly up there that where there's a lot of wickedness. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Where is the Holy Spirit? In us. In us. Whom you have from God and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are gods. That's very important. Very important. It's not just what you know spiritually. And this is where the church, and I'm speaking to the church now, this is where the church gets into error because we have to glorify God in our body and in our spirit. The world doesn't have any idea. We're going to talk about that in a minute. If I don't get going, 
1922. Are we on? I don't know how to read that. 723. It's, we got time. Hold on. Here we go. All right. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. I'm not on military time. I never could figure it out. Okay. But God, who is rich in mercy. Everybody say rich in mercy. Now hold on to that because God is rich in mercy. Good. Just throw that thing in the trash. It never has worked right. <laughs> because That was the, the clock that fell, not somebody, if you're listening, by <laughs> on the Internet. But God, who is rich. Everybody say rich. In what? Thank God. Thank God that God is rich in mercy to us Americans because we have been entrusted with a gospel of power and we have let the devil come in, not just come in. He has sat down, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, that means while we were yet sinners, made us alive. Everybody say alive. Together with Christ, by grace, you have been saved. Next verse. Very important. And raised us up together and made us sit together. Everybody say sit together. In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, that in the ages to come where we live now, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You know, there's a Psalm one that talks about sitting and standing. First, it's walking, sitting, stand. I mean, walking, standing, sitting. And, and there's a progression to uh, sin that brings people to a level of not being able to hear. Well, there's, there's a progression with God. You know, there's, there's you're, you, when you sit down with God, everybody say sit down with God. You are in the full presence of God. You are, you are with him, talking with him. That's why it says in Hebrews chapter 4, come boldly to the throne room of grace that you might receive help in your time of need. And it, it, so he's saying, come up here and have a seat. Isn't that wonderful? Every day, every day as a believer, if you could see yourself, you're sitting in his presence. Not because of what you've done, because of what Jesus did. Everybody say, I'm seated there. Now, that means you have access to him at all times. You know, Sandy is sitting next to Brad. She can be elbowing him through this entire service. And he knows she's there. Amen? And she can whisper to him and he can talk to her because they are sitting there together. Everybody say together. Well, that's, that's where way we are with God. We are sitting together in heavenly places. That means we have total communication. We can see him focus on Jesus. We can hear him. Most importantly, we are an authority with him. Everybody say authority. authority. Now, <clears throat> you can abuse that authority by using it in a wrong way. Because we do have authority. I will never forget in the park one day I was praying and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, now I'm going to turn up the level of the power of the anointing on your life. Now, all of us are anointed. But there are times I know from experience that when you're ministering to people, you can feel that there's a difference. There's a power. You can feel it. And, um, but he said, it'll be very important. Because now what you say can cause more trouble. Because every, I can't turn it on and off. Are you getting it? 
Brother Copeland then, I read in the Faith to Faith, said he was teaching his son to shoot a gun, a rifle, and he had him out at Gloria's, uh, grandpa, the grandpa's house, Gloria's father's house, and he saw a spider on the barn, and he picked up that shotgun and was ready to fire it. He said he never had any idea he would blow a hole clear through the barn. He just aiming at the spider. And he said, God told him, I, can, I cannot turn up the power because the church won't walk in love. Now, that's a sad story because God is love. And if the Holy Spirit is in us and we sit together with him, then there's nothing that can stop us from walking in that love. If you read it, it's in Romans 5. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. And so it's in us, it's there. And every tool, everything that we need to be that voice in the earth today, the voice of God has love and mercy, but it has authority. Everybody say authority. And so we have been put in that position, seated in heavenly places, and we have been given that authority. Now, um, I've been reading in the Old Covenant, and um, I just want to give you just a quick example of listening to the Spirit. And, um, and then we'll go over to First, First Corinthians uh, chapter 2. But it's, this is, um, I'm just done. I finished Jeremiah today. And, you know, some of those, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, you know, they're, they're not easy reading sometimes. And, uh, you know, God in those books is, uh, there's a lot of prophetic things in that, those books, a lot about Jesus, about the coming Christ, especially Isaiah, Jeremiah. But there's, there's what God is trying to do is correct his people. Do you know God corrects? We had a, a word, or I did, in December of last year that we were going to have a mid-course correction for multiplication. Now, I never dreamed all that would take place in that. But, you know, because you can get really excited about multiplication. Well, everything about God is exciting, but the road to there, could I say that again? The road to there has a lot of things that take place in that arena to bring us to a place where our voice, our character will match the gifts and talents that God has put in us. And so when we finally get in that position, our character has to match, everybody say match, the gifts and the callings. And if it's not ready, then God will move a person out of the way till that's fixed. Why? Because it will discredit what God is trying to do, and it will hurt the person. God's motive is always love. Everybody say always love. It's always love. So it's always about helping somebody become who they're supposed to become. It's never about uh, being mean. How many of you woke up this morning and said, I wonder what I can do to make my kid miserable? <laughs> See, I've been thinking. I mean, I had, I've been all night planning this. You know, I'm just going to make their life miserable today. None of us do that, do we? Now, on occasion, we've thought about it, but we don't get up and actually do it. You know, I, I, you know, I've said a few things over my children over the years, but, but, but I really want them to make it. God wants his children to make it, but he doesn't always say, oh, honey, that's fine when it's not. And we have authority to say that's not right. That is not okay. Not just to discipline in our own home, but to what's going on around us. But God causes us to do it in a way, if we spent time with him, that will produce fruit. Everybody say produce fruit. Now, you don't always see it the first day out of the, 
you know, out of the chute. But it will eventually bring to pass what God says. Jeremiah was a prophet. He had to tell the people, listen, you're all going to Babylon. You're going into captivity. That was really what it was. And he used Nebuchadnezzar, who was not a good king, but it says in my Bible, but he worked for God because he was told by God to go in and get Israel, get Judah and bring them to captivity. And that's, and he even says in the word. Now, if you go to captivity, he tells the children of Israel, if you go into captivity, you will be all right. Because you are going into captivity. In other words, you're going to your room, Pam. Mother, remember when you used to say that to me? (laughs) Go to your room. Until you get this right. I spent hours in my room. We spent a whole vacation once in our room, Chris and I. Because mother said we had to clean the Venetian blinds. We went on strike. Mother didn't budge. The last day of our vacation, we did the Venetian blinds. And we had no vacation because we sat in our room the whole week. God will send people to their room to correct. Everybody say to correct, not to destroy, to correct. And so he said to the children of Israel, you're going, you're going to go in there. You're going for 70 years because you did this and you're not coming out till it's over. And if you go there, I'll take care of you there. You will, you, you, I will still be watching over you. But if you don't go, if you don't do it, then you will be uh, destroyed. But because there'll be famine, there'll be all these things happening where you were because you did not obey me. And you have let loose all this stuff because of your disobedience. And so to protect you, I'm putting you over here. And you better go. And that's what he said. Well... It, just like he said, some died by famine, some died by pestilence, some died by these other things. But a bunch of them did go because there was a remnant eventually who came back and rebuilt Jerusalem. But there was this one group, and it's in Jeremiah 44, and it says, The word of Jeremiah concerning all the Jews who were dwelling in the land of Egypt at these three places and the country of Pathros. Thus says the Lord, the host, the God of Israel, you have seen all the evil that I've, that I've brought on this situation. And there's desolation. No man dwells there because of the wickedness, which they committed provoking me to anger in that they, they went to burn incense to serve other gods. Do you think maybe God's just a tad upset with America? Do you think we might be serving a few other gods? Think idolatry might be going on. And it says, He goes on, he speaks, and it says, um, yet I sent to you all my servants, the prophets, earnestly and persistently saying, oh, do not do this loathsome and shameful, vile thing that I hate and abhor. But they did not listen. Everybody say listen and obey or submit and consent to turn from their wickedness. Therefore, here comes this destruction. And uh, so it says, therefore, wait a minute, I got to get back here. I should be in 42. Go back to 42. And it, this, is what, this is what he said. This was, I, I got past myself. I went too far. And, and it, this is what it says. They said these were people, uh, the captains of the forces of Jezaniah and Johanan. And they came to Jeremiah. And they said, we beseech you that you will let our supplications be presented before you. And that you will pray to the Lord, your God, and, and for us, even for all this remnant... For whereas we were once many, now we're just a few. And pray that the Lord your God will show us the way in which he would want us to walk and the thing that we should do. 
So Jeremiah the prophet said, well, behold, I will pray to the Lord our God according to your words, and it will be whatever thing the Lord answers you, I will tell you, I will declare to you, I will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, may the Lord be true and faithful witness against us if we fail to do according to all the things that the Lord your God sends you to tell us. Whether it is good or evil, we will obey the voice of God. How many of you know that's, that's kind of like we do. We, we pray, we ask God, and we say, just show us. How many of you ever said, just, just show me? And, 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 and so we don't have to go to a prophet because we are able to hear the voice ourselves. And so he, they had to go to the prophet. So the prophet told them, he told them, uh, I'll go pray. And it says it took 10 days. Everybody say 10 days, 10 days. in verse 7. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And so he said to them, if you will remain in this land, the land of captivity, then I will build you up and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pull you up for I will relent and comfort and use myself concerning the evil that, is chast- I've, that, that this chastisement I have done to you. And, and he says, I will substitute mercy and loving kindness for judgment. And then he says, don't be afraid of the king of Babylon for whom you are fearful with the profound and reverent dread inspired by deity. Be not afraid of him, says the Lord, for he's a mere man. While I am all wise, all powerful and ever present God, I, the Lord, am with you to save you and to deliver you. So he's saying to them, you're going to go here, but I'll be with you. It's okay. You know, this is like when you have a job and you don't like it. Now, some of you are going to get real upset. Maybe. I hope not. But, and, and you say, God, I don't want to do this. I want out of this. And God says, no, just stay here. Just stay here. Everything will be all right. But God, I know, I, I know what I did wrong, so I won't do that anymore. He said, no, just stay there until I release you. Amen? Amen? Amen. The voice. And, 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 but you say, no, I, I, I'm, I really... And you can list all the things, but he says, no, even though he's not a good king, I'll be with you. So it'll be all right. But don't, he goes on to say, don't go to Egypt. What does that mean? Don't go to the place that you think is your help when it's not. Because what I'm fixing to do to Egypt is going to be worse than what I did here. So you better stay put. Amen. Now they have asked, everybody say they asked and God answered. And he told him, and he said, I will grant you mercy. But if you say, we will not dwell in this land and so disobey the voice of the Lord, your God saying, nope, we will go to the land of Egypt where we will not see war, where it won't be too hard, where everything will be okay. It'll be all right there. Uh, We'll go there. We'll go to Egypt. But it says fully determined that you fully determined to go to Egypt and you do go to dwell in there temporarily. Then the sword, which you fear shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt. Now, see, Egypt was always the wealthy land, so they wanted to go to that land. Sometimes we want to get out of places that God isn't wanting us to get out of because he put us there. Maybe it's not even for correction. Maybe maybe it's because he needs us there, but we are going to find a way out. How many of you have ever done that? I've done that in the past. I did that years ago. And finally, uh, the Lord really spoke to me. He said, if I need you, I'll come get you. How about I come find you? <laughs> it says, if I seek you, I will find you. <laughs> How many of you know you can use any scripture to get what you want? But we have to be obedient, obedient, 
obedient to God. Well, long story short, the Lord has said to you, O remnant of Judah, do not go to Egypt. Know for certainty that I, Jeremiah, have warned you and testified to you this day that you have dealt deceitfully against your own lives. For you sent to me, you asked me to pray and declare it to you, and you said you'd do it, and I have declared it to you, but you didn't obey. And this was their final word over here in 44... 16. And as for the word that you've spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen or obey you. Everybody say, not good. See, God's voice is not just holy and righteous. God knows all things. And when God says something, there is no way out of that situation. No matter how hard it is, because he is with you, his voice is with you. You can stay in that position and win in that position. And I believe that in the situation that we're in the earth today, um, you know, uh, last night I, I was, I went to bed and I saw that I had a text from Annabelle and she said to me, uh, grandma, you need to listen to this song. And I was tired and I didn't listen. I listened to it today and, and I, it was the voice of God for me. It was God's voice speaking to me to encourage me. And, uh, you know, she just sent that to me. Everybody in here can be a voice. Everybody in here is a voice. And you're a voice for good and not for evil. You're a voice to encourage and exhort and edify and build up. And I was so grateful to CVS <laughs> for getting involved in my, in my message. Because I saw this on my computer they have a little thing for this Christmas that you can actually call the North Pole. <laughs> I tell you, it's true. Right here is the voice of Santa Claus and the voice of elves. And, uh, and I don't know how they figured it out because Megan and I are working on that. <laughs> We're adults. It's for kids. And so... But we did, we did get it to do something. It's very smart. It will not let you talk to the North Pole till December 1st. So I hope none of your challenges are too severe because this is only November 5th. And you will have to wait. Because I'll show you. I will show you. Now listen. I told you. I can't get that thing to say anything but that. One of the North Pole elves. We can't talk right now, but check back on December 1st. That's all she'll say. Aren't you glad God has more than that to say to you? Call back next year. We've got some serious problems up here, and uh, we'll let you know what we think about it after the election. I hope that's not true. Now, I'm thankful for what happened yesterday. But let me tell you, that has not changed evil. We just change voices. Or we haven't. I don't know when they change. Do they change the first of the year? Isn't it after the first of the year? Yeah, they got voted in, but they don't change till the first of the year. 
I believe we're in a day where God is saying to the church, it's time to lift up your voice. And you lift up the voice that you hear from within, which is the voice behind your voice. Amen? Next, next week we're going to talk about from, uh, I can't do it tonight because I want to pray for you. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says we have the mind of Christ. If we have the mind of Christ, some of us are in deep doo-doo. And so I want to explain what God explained to me. Because the church needs to walk with the understanding in their mind that God has. And I don't know that we're there. But I do believe we have the possibility of being there very quickly. It's a decision. It's a choice. Would you stand with me tonight? Father, I thank you for every person here tonight. I thank you, Lord, that, that I thank God that we can hear your voice, that we don't have to wait We don't have to wait for a day. We don't have to wait for a month. We don't have to wait. You are open 24-7. And there's nobody else that answers for you. You answer. You answer yourself. I thank you, Father, that, that the Holy Spirit of God is living on the inside of every person here. Because that's what the Word of God says. If you know Jesus, then the Holy Spirit... It says in John 14, is what God provided for you in place of Jesus himself still in the earth today walking with us. It's a voice that never leaves us. And uh, last last week, I, I, uh, or maybe it was a week before, I don't remember, but I, I had a prayer request. And, and it really spoke to my heart about this message. The person said, I hear voices and I cannot get away from them. Everybody say that's not true. You just need to substitute the voice that you're listening to. And the other voice will not show up. Because when you're quoting the voice of Almighty God, the devil shuts up. He's quiet. He will not listen to you quote scripture. He will not listen to you praise God. He will not listen to you praying in the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray tonight for people. If you're here tonight and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I didn't explain it tonight, but I can tell you this, that when you ask God for any of his gifts, he is a a loving father and he has provided those gifts for you to walk in power and in the anointing of God so he will give you whatever it is that he has for you and I'm going to pray for that tonight when we leave here Uh, when you leave here I'm going to ask anybody who wants that to come up to the altar and I'll pray for them before they leave right now I want to ask this if you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus or you've received Christ into your life but you're not really walking with the Lord and you want to you turn around and come back. You want to get in sync with what the Holy Spirit has for you to hear and to know and to walk in. But that's not where you are right now. Is there anybody here who would say, that's me. I, I, I'm not walking with the Lord. I know the Lord, but I'm not walking with Him. Or... I don't, I've never invited Jesus to be the Lord of my life. 
I don't know what he could do to help me, but if he can help me, I'm willing to give my life to him. If that's you, would you lift your hand? I want to pray for you tonight before we leave. Don't want anybody leaving here not knowing where they're going to spend eternity. This is critical. See your hand. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you come down here? We'll pray with you and maybe somebody else wants to come. Sometimes it's hard to be the one and only, the one and only person walking down here. But God knows about your life. Yeah, give him a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, good to have you here tonight. Let's all pray together. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you're saved. And uh, I know you know Jesus, but sometimes we're not doing what he wants us to do. And so tonight we'll just make that new day, okay? What's your name? Michelle. Michelle, we welcome you. say this father thank you for jesus thank you that he loves me always lord i give you my heart i ask you to take over my life i repent of my sins i'm thankful you paid the price for them i couldn't but you did i want to be who you created me to be to walk where you want me to walk to hear from your spirit and live the life I was called to live we hope this message encouraged you Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance and forgiveness of Jesus learn more about us at victorylafayette.org If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.